We're all on a journey to reach our full potential and purpose. And no matter where you are on your path, know that we walk together and not alone. At the Mission Leadership Institute, we believe the path to leadership is self-discovery. To support you, we're bringing the most advanced thinkers in the country to help unpack all that we carry with us on this journey in leadership. Before we start, we want our listeners to know that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Providence Walk With Me podcast. I'm your host, Martin Schreiber, with the Mission Leadership Institute. Today, I am joined by Anthony Harrington, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer for the Oregon Region. We're talking about vulnerability and building a workforce that leads with love. Okay, let's get started by welcoming Anthony. Well, Anthony, I want to thank you for coming back for our second half of the conversation. And I can assure you that um, that series where they filmed the Bulls and Michael Jordan's role reminds me a lot of the work of playing on the court. And I think today we're going to get back into the game. We're going to try and uh, tease out some of these topics that you had talked about, especially for our sports fans and our superhero fans, which I know you are one of uh, as well. And when we think about the work of diversity, equity, inclusion, what we spoke about last time was this sense of love and a vision for health for a better world. How does that impact our dialogue? our ability to talk about concepts from the the front desk worker in one of our clinics to the patient who's going to receive some news today about cancer that I know is a personal piece uh, for your own story. Yeah, that is such a great question. When I think about dialogue um, on these topics, um, I don't just think about dialogue on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We we know as an organization that a speak-up culture Um, where caregivers are empowered to share constructive concerns or ideas. Um, When we have a culture like that, it actually plays a critical role on um, our healthcare delivery, our culture. And we actually have those concepts embedded in our suite of caring reliably tools. So if that's true, then there's this culture of continuing to equip ourselves with how to do that in the most constructive way and then um, embed DEI in that versus it being its own separate track of work. That's how I think about it. And and when I think about constructive um, conversation on culture um, that we have with each other, that we have with our patients, um, there are some guiding principles that I have um, that um, I feel are practical. Uh, One of them is around um, listening and how we listen to each other really thoughtfully. Um, a second is like, for me, one thing, Martin, is I lost this focus on trying to be perfect in my conversation and my language and started shifting more to being more curious. Right? And we were talking earlier about that opportunity to create deeper connections with each other. Well, the way that we do that is really actually opening up the space for those safe conversations. Um, I've learned to embrace uncomfortable conversations. There's some power in this because when we continue to have 
more of those uncomfortable conversations. It's like working any muscle. You build muscle for it, and they become less comfortable. And again, another lever that we have to um, learn um, about each other. And then the other is this, um, and, and, and it's a concept that we talk about a lot at Providence. We talk about um, in society. And it's really understanding unconscious bias, okay, and how our brains work. And we learn that having unconscious bias, it doesn't make you a bad person. There are types that serve us well, but there are some negative impacts to other types that can impact how we hire, promote, how we engage with each other as colleagues, how we engage with our community partners. So some of that is just around just a common, some common awareness that's a Google search away, that's a training away. And, and that is one of the reasons why across the family of organizations, we have found it really important to create some training where we all have common language on that. Um, because it's such a rudimentary foundational aspect to how we engage with each other. And I'd, I'd, I'd add, Martin, I'm really excited about this because our board, our community governance boards across the family of organizations are going through the very same unconscious bias training that you and I and every caregiver is going through. It just shows the commitment and the importance of that topic in this goal of, of health equity and fostering uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the organization. It, it really inspires me to know that this is not a PowerPoint. It's not a thing in your head. It's a, it's a model of real life witnessing. And this unconscious bias is not just happening uh, in, a, in a meeting per se, but people are appropriating it and living it out. And I would imagine as you and I have talked over these months that your own personal going through things at Providence, especially with the diagnoses and, and what you went through in, in managing cancer affected you. Is there a way you could talk a little bit about that and, and how that shapes your understanding of these themes that you're talking about today? Yeah, no, sure. Well, one thing about unconscious bias on the receiving end is it doesn't matter if it's conscious or unconscious, it all feels the same to the receiver, first and foremost. Yeah, you know what? Last time I had some major surgery was right before, the month before I started at Providence. And I was in um, Providence St. Vincent's. I, I had an amazing experience. Of course, I had two lenses. I already knew I had my job at Providence, right? right. So I was um, um, observing my, thinking about my experience as a person of color, um, as somebody that might not identify with my doctor, my patron, or the folks who give me care, my spiritual care providers. And I, I had a great experience. But as a DEI professional, you can also see how folks might not have that same experience. And actually how a simple unconscious bias, um, well-intentioned, could possibly impact somebody's experience that they have and how that could actually contribute to disparate outcomes. You can see it when you have that lens on it. We just think about it. And it's not just race. It can be gender identity, sexual orientation, somebody with a disability. And so once you really have that lens 
and this is the power of turning it from unconscious bias to conscious bias, that awareness, actually, there's power in it because it actually helps us um, move towards action. How do we mitigate the negative impacts? What are some interventions that we can make? Uh, how do we actually equip ourselves to have those conversations um, and to help build trust? Um, and so I, I've had great experiences. I'm blessed that when you have awareness of how it can show up, it makes you, um, for me, it, it makes me sharpen um, our, my approach to how we get after it. And, you know, with most things, sometimes, Martin, we go slow before we go fast. And so um, we're talking about um, health equity in this example, but that concept then applies to how we hire, making talent decisions, who we pro promote, um, you know, how we uh, make compensation decisions. So there's scale. Um, that we get after when we tackle it this way. And it, what I so appreciate in all the ways that you answer and, and be showing up today is your authenticity and you bring your own life experience and you bring the company or the ministry's experience. But when we think about in 10 years, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the patient setting, we want to be a differentiator and your own lived experience adds to that, right? But mm -hmm. are there ways that, that you can think about in a grand vision, what that looks like? That here we've had all this training, we've had all these uh, anti-bias curriculum set forward, and you walk into a clinic of Providence and you can just feel that. How, do, how does that happen? How, and maybe it's sooner than 10 years. My hope is that that's a long time. You and me, we'll, we'll be hobbling along the basketball court by then. Yeah. Right. Vision is so important, right? Huh. It's right. We, if we have a vision of what we want and it informs the work we do today, I think about this all the time. It's like we close our eyes and we wake up and we see the headline of the USA today. You know, so like, this is what I think. You know, when, when um, we have increased the health potential for the population we serve, we know we're winning. When we're thinking about this work, diversity, equity, and inclusion as a differentiator, a competitive advantage, and we're leveraging it to fuel group growth and performance individually and as an organization, um, our culture, where we have an inclusive culture where all of us, everybody has an opportunity to grow, thrive, and contribute to the organization's success. Like we're identifying those you know, inequities that can happen even internally. We're winning then. When we will be winning, when we have the most diverse, highest performing staff of doctors, nurses, clinicians than we've ever had. And I'd say from a community perspective, we know we're winning, like that 10-year vision, uh, when we're actively engaged in the communities that we're out there supporting every day. Because as we do this work, when we do this with our community partners at the table, um, there's power in that, right? We create trust, we mitigate the hesitancy. It makes us think about creating economic empowerment in those communities, maybe in who we do business with, 
women-owned suppliers, minority-owned suppliers. I'd say uh, that's what I think about our business, our culture, our talent, and the communities we engage with. Uh, it takes a systemic, structural approach, and that's how we've been talking about it at the highest level of organization. You know we have a lot of work to do, but uh, really excited about the systemic change that we can make together. And that vision is possible, right? Uh, It's not something that uh, is so far down the road that we can't begin to really take a hold of it. And I know as we've talked today and we've been with each other uh, in live settings, as well as this recording, people want to know how to continue to grow just as you talked about. What would be some of their advice from uh, early career caregivers that are part of the Mission Leadership Institute to the physicians, uh, to those who are developing in the space of diversity, equity, inclusion? Where do they go? What are the best books? Uh, how, could, you, could you guide us in this uh, pursuit of self-discovery? Yeah, I'll, I'll offer some books. Um, and, and, and also I'd offer Do Your Work. Right. It's like that's what we we're, we all do our research to sharpen our toolkit in any discipline that we're looking to um, grow in or any new areas that we're looking to get after. We're in an age where there's so much information out there. But I have I have three resources. There's a book. I, I know I've learned everything I know about unconscious bias through a person that wrote the book on unconscious bias. His name is Howard Ross. The book is Everyday Bias. Um, and there's a book I'm reading now that was recommended to um, um, an education lead in our clinics. It's called Under the Skin, The Hidden Toll of Racism on American Lives and on the Health of Our Nation. The author is Linda Villarosa. And then there's a podcast that um, I've, I've been listening to uh, probably in my 15th episode. The podcast is the Health Disparities Podcast. I've been I've been sharpening my own toolkit. I've been in healthcare for the last 18 months, right? So I have my own yep. work to do in this space. And so as I offer resources for folks to think about strengthening their toolkit, just know that I'm on this ever never-ending journey with you to keep fulfilling, you know, that promise that we have. Well, that sounds like a good journey that I want to be a part of. And I also know that when I get on the court with you, that there are some superpowers that you always unleash because that's such a great enjoyment for you is the Marvel comics and the way that we, we access our superpowers. And I was so pleased today to, to hear and to have you share with us that your energy and the confidence is only growing since last we spoke. And that gives us the ministry an opportunity to celebrate. So thank you, Anthony, for the way that you inspire us uh, on the court as well as off. Thank you so much for the opportunity um, to meet with you and, and, and to engage Um, And I I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I want to thank Anthony for joining us and to everyone for listening. A key note about Anthony is his love for Marvel Comics and generating that superpower on and off the basketball court. Thanks, Anthony, for sharing your superpower with us. You can find the Providence Mission Leadership Institute on LinkedIn. Be well.